Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about, are we coming towards the end of Christian Zionism? We're going to entitle this, Reinforcements Have Arrived, Don't Sleep, Move On. Leslie, I'd like you to read part of the piece that Chuck wrote concerning this. Posted by Charles E. Carlson, July 8, 2013. Jesus' words when he sends out 72 disciples two by two like sheep among wolves in what might have been the first evangelical mission trip are found in the 10th chapter of the book of Luke. He instructed them not to waste time with those who refused to listen. He said if a certain city received them not, they should move on, leaving a ringing proclamation and condemnation behind. Even the dust of your city which clings to us do we wipe off against you. They did not mince words or waste time on those who would not listen, and neither should we. Our challenge to Christian Zionist churches must continue especially on the internet and social media where we are having increased success. More of our time will now be spent most productively in interaction with mainline church leaders who are beginning to understand the tragedy they are witnessing. Several serious and qualified persons have recently contacted us asking if we can help them start vigils in their city, and the answer is yes, and most welcome. We have held vigil challenges at many Christians United for Israel spectacles and at dozens of radically committed Christian Zionist churches. We must now recognize that John Hagee is no longer widely respected even in the evangelical dispensational circles from which he came. He has become a rich, successful buffoon with a following among only a narrow fringe of State of Israel worshippers. Politically, his call for war against Islam, wherever he finds Muslims, is useful only to the John McCain-like war-making fringe of both parties. We should realize that even McCain does not want to be associated with Hagee's maniacal war chant and Israel worship. Christians United for Israel was spawned by the State of Israel in July 1991, right after Operation Desert Storm through one of Israel's propaganda front organizations called Unity Coalition for Israel, UCFI. It was originally called National Unity Coalition for Israel, but quietly changed its name by dropping the national because all the directors were Israelis. Christians United for Israel was then spun off and handed off to San Antonio pastor John Hagee. Art Preisinger, a Lutheran minister associated with the Institute for the Study of Christian Zionism, attended a night to honor Israel at Hagee's Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, Texas, and had this to say, quote, 
from dramatic processions to keynote addresses, from offerings taken and offerings given. There was not a shred, a trace, a scintilla of Christianity in the proceedings. It, a night to honor Israel, could well have been sponsored by the PTA or the Rotary Club, unquote. The fact that Jesus is left out of meetings that honor Israel is finally becoming recognized by some influential minorities in more than a few mainline Christian churches, Lutheran, Methodists, Presbyterians, and Mennonites, to name a few. Those who have so proclaimed may have combined memberships of perhaps 30 million members, which is no small minority. Out of necessity, I would guess, Kufi has abandoned any real effort to follow Christ's words in order to stand for and justify every evil act Israel perpetrates against the Palestinians, or to Americans, for occupation and virtual imprisonment to outright torture and murder. Hagee's meetings attract so much Israeli support, he is compelled to forget Jesus and replace it with the unspoken but clearly present, Israel is our God. The mainline church has had truth at hand for a long time. It is only now waking up and taking notice. It is time for Project Straightgate to move on and at a time when vigil and challenge are just starting to be fun because friends want to join in. We must devote more effort to the support of positive voices within recovering mainline Christian denominations, challenging military aid to Israel and saying peace must begin with peace for Palestinians. The Philistines, a biblical people, Gaza was the center of Philistine culture, have been denied the statehood promised to them in 1948. Increasingly mainline missionaries and laymen have discovered what Christian Zionism is and why it must be put back in its bottle. Freedom for Palestinians will mark the end of Christian Zionism. Radical Christian Zionism may be on the decline. Those who believe the state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and that all the evidence and accounts of Israel's abuse and occupation are imaginary are aging fast and are failing to convince youth to take their places. We have learned that the young adults in churches are the answer because they get their news more from social media. We also look forward to help from our new big ally, the Awakening Mainline Churches, who are speaking out at last and have no reason not to speak out. That was a condensation of Chuck's article. Chuck, would you like to make some further comments? Well, I think we have laid out here something that most people don't understand, and that is that Christians United for Israel came right out of the state of Israel Originally, the parent organization that actually started it, as Leslie has read, was completely dominated by Israelis, and Unity Coalition for Israel still does broadcast propaganda all the time. Jerry Falwell, of course, was an interim leader of the Christian Zionist movement in America, and uh, back in the 1980s, 
before we even had heard of Christian Zionism, Jerry Falwell was flying around in a airplane given to him by the state of Israel. John Hagee probably has a different airplane, but it's also provided by the state of Israel. So the reason these organizations are so obvious and outrageous in what they say, and the reason they distort Christianity so much that it's not palatable to anyone who even thinks about it, uh, is, of course, that they are carrying out Israeli policy. This is why we should not take John Hagee seriously, because the Israelis will drop him as quickly as they picked him up, and they will go to some new icon who they can promote, and the next thing we'll hear is that person will be given hearings in all kinds of churches where they have influence. So we need to be conscious of this and be aware that we watch this whole thing proceed, and we should be able to recognize who our friends are and go to them, and, uh, and, and there are many. There are many people who have preceded us in this effort. So we need to move on, and the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, we really don't know how. We're not experienced in, in figuring out how we meet uh, with literally thousands of leaders of mainline churches who we haven't really spent much time trying to culture in the past, and uh, how do we influence them to actually go out and begin to compete with the evangelical church down the street? What we really want to see is we want the mainline churches to begin to evangelize the Christian Zionist churches, the even, in other words, the evangelical churches. We want the mainline churches to evangelize the evangelical churches. And we've written a story that says the evangelical churches are the biggest mission field in the world, and the most important one, of course. But the Lutherans and Presbyterians simply need to go out and openly proclaim that the neighbors down the street are selling heresy. And, of course, you will not find one mainline church in a thousand that is willing to do this. They have, have adopted the live and let live philosophy for the last hundred years, and they've steadily lost members to the evangelical dispensational movement. We want them to stand up and act like Christians and compete for the hearts and minds of these misled people in the dispensational churches. How do we do that? Well, that's up to you guys to help me figure out. Yes, and Chuck, I'll throw in a little side story here that's kind of amusing, actually, but it's instructive. One of our signs that we've used, it's very effective, who a Jesus bomb hits at people, choose life, not war. But I was at a, an event. It was a pitch-in dinner, actually, and I didn't know anybody there. You bring a dish. And the hostess, I put on my badge with my name, and it says, who a Jesus bomb on it. And so my hostess saw that right away. She said, well, that's an interesting saying. And so I asked her, who a Jesus bomb and right away, without hesitation, she said, no one. And then, with no further hesitation, she told me that she was not a Christian. Now, the interesting thing, we've tried this on Christians, and many of them think this is a trick question, and they can't answer it straight out. This woman who does not follow Christ at least recognized that Christ was a peacemaker. So... To me, that was kind of a, a funny incident. And so we're looking at all different ways to 
challenge people and maybe a silly button that says who would Jesus bomb might get people asking questions or why are, why are you wearing a, a button like that or some other yes. catchy saying. And, and Tom, that's a great story, and we might just find out that Lutherans and Presbyterians and Episcopalians would like to wear a button like that. Uh, it would be a quick way for them to compete with with the evangelicals and um, <laughs> answering that difficult question. So I don't know the answer to this. We just know that uh, there have been groundbreakers who've gone ahead of us. We know who they are. We can think of some of them. Our friend, still living, Gordon Vienne, Ph.D., who wrote The Final Apostasy in the 1990s, was a, a front runner. He was someone who went way out ahead of us, and he published this book actually in 2002. That was before there was a We Hold These Truths or Project Straight Gate. And Grace Housel, the great lady who traveled with Jerry Falwell and, and exposed the farce of Christian Zionism before it was even called Christian Zionism in books like Prophecy and Politics, where she was actually listening to Jerry Falwell. And Forcing God's Hand, that was Grace Housel's other book. Right. And these people understood this problem much earlier than we did. They didn't necessarily come from the same background that we do, but they, they, they did have an understanding. Gordon Dinn, I think, did. And then way back in the 1920s, there's Philip Moreau, who we've quoted. He saw the dangers of Christian Zionism. And then we've had people, uh, more modern uh, theologians, who have done their best, like Timothy Weber and Donald Wagner at uh, Covenant Church and F. Furman Curley, who was a Church of Christ guy who, who wrote The Middle East Crisis in Perspective in, ni- in 1982. So, so there have been predecessors who have gone before us or other organizations, and there are people who are, are now coming after us. And here we see the Presbyterian Church USA and the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, ECLA, coming out with very strong statements now on Israel. But they don't begin to understand the entire picture. So we have a role in all of this, and we need to find out what that role is, and, and, and maybe we need to show leadership by doing something where we demonstrate how we feel. And Thomas Button might be a good example. Uh, who is Jesus Bomb Button is, uh, is something that, uh, who knows, we might find that mainline church people would wear that. Uh, it would be a way <laughs> for them to express uh, their feelings. I think we ought to reissue our video, The Roots of Christian Zionism, again, the full-length one. I watched it last night, and it's pretty good. And that's really groundbreaking. You're right. We've had 23,000, about 23,000 views from YouTube and our Vimeo site and actually on our podcast site. And that's, that's an hour long, and it really is groundbreaking because it does go into the roots of Christian Zionism and the connection with the Zionists, the Schofield Reference Bible. So Chuck is, uh, is also a groundbreaker here that uh, we've sort of tied some of these together. So there's been people along the way, as, just, as Chuck has mentioned, and so the interesting thing, there's a lot of people working on the issue from a lot of different directions, but we're not exactly coordinated and well organized. I guess that's our problem. But I think you've hit on the problem with groups like KUFI that they're 
going to be at some point losing their effectiveness and usefulness as useful idiots for the state of, of Israel as more people understand what they're actually up to. Travis, do you have any thoughts? No, I think the button thing is, is good. Wear a button. Or one step even beyond that is a removable tattoo. Who would Jesus bomb tattoo? <laughs> that might well, appeal like a real to the tattoo, younger crowd. It might hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And bumper stickers. <laughs> but, no, uh, the, you get the human interaction. Just from my little example there, right. I was, it was quite eye-opening, and I'm glad I stuck the thing on there, you know? You never know yeah, how people you, react. Yeah, and you are, you are indeed a pace setter, and you got an interesting answer. Um, yeah. Our role basically was that when we saw Christian Zionism, we said that it's a lot more wrong than other people seem to say it is, and it needs to have a stronger assertion. It needs to somebody needs to get out and act like it's wrong. If you were uh, watching a murder going on in the street and your action was to start a movement to pass a law against murder in the streets, your action would not be appropriate with the uh, severity of the deed. So if a thing is wrong, you need to act like it's wrong. And we started with the idea that Christian Zionism was wrong enough so that we should actually put on our Sunday clothes and go out and demonstrate at a church against it. I think that's had an impact, and certainly uh, we know that, that it's become pretty well known. And so... Maybe we need to think about something we can do that is highly demonstrative, and maybe not. Maybe we just need to find some uh, large support and start a, a very sophisticated movement to reach the leaders of thousands and thousands of churches. Whatever it is, we need to get started on it, because when you think of a thing and you know it's right, you need to move on. And so then this will be our issue for the future, and as uh, listeners to this podcast, uh, your comments are welcome. We we do listen to comments. Well, we need help. We can, any right. help we can get, you're right. We're will, willing to listen to people's ideas, but we like people that want to do something. That's the most important thing. If it's as simple as wearing a button to church, you know, maybe that's a start that we all need to think about and to challenge people. Uh, brace yourselves for reactions, though. Well, that's right. And, <laughs> you know, go tell them to watch the movie. And we're, we've released our video, the newer video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and Turning. So you can actually watch that 32-minute program for free. And so can anybody else. But the video, The Roots of Christian Zionism, has done a remarkable job and we're still getting people to watch it and with the influence of people on the internet the way it gets spurts of activity is people refer it on to other people and then we'll see a spike of in viewers and so forth and then it goes along for a while and it's just sort of bouncing along and then we see a spike again and so and you then know, we find quotes <laughs> <laughs> and people are still writing stuff. We don't even, you know, they write stuff back and forth to each other. And so there's a, we create a debate on YouTube, and we don't have to monitor these things, and we kind of ignore it. We're trying to do other things and trying to stay ahead of the curve. And thank you so much, Chuck, for, for staying ahead of the curve and focusing us on what needs to be done to end the plague of Christian Zionism particularly for those followers of Jesus Christ 
who we all contend should focus on him and not the state of Israel. Thanks for everybody's comments. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.